0: That praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We uh, started a few weeks ago. And we started on prayer and teaching on prayer. And uh, we're going to continue on that. We're going to go through the Bible and and, and get a hold of some things about prayer. You know, I can't go back over everything that, that we taught in the previous lesson. If we did, we would never get any further than the previous lesson. So you need, if you if you want to find out about some of these things about prayer, you need to talk to Robin and get a hold of the prayer tapes. We're taping all these. You need to get a hold to them. Do you know the difference between Christians that are victorious and Christians that are always up and down? You know the difference? Is victory and prayer. They get their prayers answered. Victory comes from getting your prayer answered. You know, a lot of Christians never know when they're going to get their prayer answered. They're always hoping to get them. Well, I know God can do it, but unless they understand the rules and the things in line with the Word of God about prayer, they'll never be a prayer success. And that's what we want to get a hold of. We're calling this seminar uh, Praying and Getting Results. That's what we call it. Praying and getting results. You know, I don't care to just be praying. You know, anybody pray. Someone said, well, what is prayer? They said, well, it's communicating with God. Well, that's a little, little bit in minute detail. Just a little part of it. Prayer is not just communicating with God. Prayer is joining forces with God. Joining forces with God. Prayer is fellowshipping with God. Prayer is... Is carrying out God's will upon this earth. That's the definition of prayer. See, like John Wesley said, said, I don't understand it, but I know that God cannot do anything on this earth until man prays. Well, I understand it. I know why. God gave man the authority down here on this earth, and he's never taken it back. Man has the authority. And unless man prays, he cannot join forces with God and carry out God's will on this earth. He's gotta learn to do that, and you gotta, you got to learn to pray the right prayer in the right situation. I don't mean you have to hold your mouth just right. I'm, I'm not saying that. But you do know ha- have to know the rules that apply to each prayer. Kind of like the prayer of dedication, submission, or the prayer finding out the will of God as Jesus prayed in the garden. He prayed, Father, if, if it be possible. He didn't know whether it's possible or not. Someone said, well, Jesus knew everything. No, He didn't. No, He did not. If He did, then He would have been operating as God. But He laid all His attributes as being God aside and came to this earth as a man only. Praise God. Anointed by the Spirit of God. That's why He can be our example. Amen? Praise the Lord. And as He prayed, He said, Father, if it be Thy will... Let this cup pass for me. But if you take that prayer and use it for a model prayer and say this is the way you're supposed to pray, then you'll get mixed up on the other kinds of prayer. That's one kind of prayer. If you add that prayer and try to bring it over into the prayer of faith, then you're a prayer of failure because when you put if into the prayer of faith, that's failure on the front. You just automatically fail. If you try to... See, and just like we got into the prayer of agreement a lot of people rather than finding out the will of god had rather well just pray with me and agree with me about this job Pray with me and agree about this agree about this when they need to be praying and finding out the will of god first you know god's not going to perform something against his word how many of you know that i don't care what you agree on I don't care how good you agree and how much you believe and how much you're in faith, God's not going to go against His Word. So if you're going to get God's results, we're going to have to get God's Word on it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6.18 said, "Praying, uh Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints, Amplified translation says praying with all manner of prayer. Goodspeed says use every kind of prayer. So we know that there's different kinds of prayer and they carry different rules for each prayer. It'd be like like you trying to drive out here on the highway with Indianapolis Speedway rules. You know, someone would get in the ditch, wouldn't he? Well, that's where the church has been with prayer. That's the reason for unanswered prayer and prayer failures. People got in a ditch here, ditch there, because they didn't follow the right rule for the right prayer. Are you understanding? Me? I say, are you understanding what I'm saying? All right, praise God. There's different rules. You know, wouldn't it be, it'd be, it'd be a, a funny thing to see Arnold Palmer out there you know, trying to knock a touchdown, you know. You know, wouldn't it? You know, and we get them kind of rules. You can, get, you can say what you want. You say, well, isn't prayer praying, Brother Son? Yes, prayer is prayer. But there's different rules to prayer. Sports is sports too, isn't it? Isn't it? I say, isn't sports sports? Well, it's got different rules. You know, Arnold Palmer don't make no field goals, does he? Amen? He's trying to put that ball in the hole. And I don't know what you even got, a birdie or something, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know those rules. But I don't play that game either. I'm playing another game, praise God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So we need the right rules for the right prayer. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Holy Father, in Jesus' mighty name, now we're asking for the anointing of God that it will rise up within me and give me utterance. We're asking on the other end, understanding, clarity. We're asking right now that you would even now cause the Spirit of grace to illuminate our hearts to receive this Word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn with me tonight to Matthew, the 18th chapter. You know, last week we talked about praying the prayer of faith and when you could pray it for others. So you need to know these things. Don't pray in the dark. That's why a lot of people get, get in trouble. They want to pray for someone and, God, and prayer is right. And the prayer of faith is right. But when will it work for other people? You need to know that. I mean, you need to know it right under the key and use the right prayer because it is a right prayer for every situation. I don't care what stage of growth you're in, God's got a specific prayer just fit your needs. I don't care what it is. You know, we fail miserably, miserably by not teaching on the, the prayer with anointing of all. We call that the prayer of faith over there, and it's not. It's the prayer with anointing of all. It is the prayer prayer with faith made by the elders see a man that ca- calls for the elders of the church he calls for the elders of the church he's used his faith you know he's done all he could he doesn't know anybody he, he's young in the Lord it's not for someone that's 40 years old in the Lord and had an opportunity to learn these things and just rejected them and hadn't taken the time to, to put God first it's not for that man it's for the young one in the Lord that he's using all the faith he can. I believe in calling for the elders. I can see the elder come. I can see him anoint me with oil. I can hear his voice praying. I believe in what he's doing. Therefore, he's released his faith. Praise God. It don't. God don't require much faith. Just, just a little step towards him, he'll meet you. See, that kind of prayer needs to be taught. I mean it, where young people won't get under condemnation when they they need help. Man, he's got something uh, he can help you with. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, tonight we're going to talk about the prayer of binding and loosening. Hallelujah. I know this prayer, I have heard people pray. I've been in the full gospel movement for for about eight years, and I've, I've heard people pray and use the prayer of binding and loosening and try to bind people I'll bind her up in her old lying mouth I'll bind her up I'll stop that old lying tongue no you're not going to bind people you might as well make up your mind on the front you're not going to bind people you can loose people now you understand you can loose them and you can bind the spirit behind those people amen you can bind that spirit behind it. I know a lot of times that unless a person deals with the spirit behind the situation, they'll never get the problem taken care of. Matthew eighteen eighteen. Jesus speaking here, He said, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever things ye bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever... Ye shall loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. This is what we call the prayer of binding and loosening. I hear a lot of people talking about they're going to loose their angels. You know there's no angels bound up but those that fell with Satan. Your angels aren't bound, people. People. Your angels are not bound. The angels are not bound up. We don't have to loose them. Ain't nobody got them tied up somewhere. They're loose right now. All you've got to do is speak forth the word of God and they, and they'll do your bidding for you. They're sent forth to, as, they're sent forth to do the work of those that are heirs of salvation. They're to do our work. Praise God. They'll do it. But they're not bound up somewhere. Praise God. And you don't have to loose them. this, This prayer doesn't, pertain to angels. Good kind anyway. Praise the Lord. All right, he said, whatsoever things ye bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. In other words, if you'll bind it, heaven will back you up. Heaven's backing you up on this prayer. He said, whatever you will uh, loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever you're doing here on earth as God's spokesman, God will back it up. He will back it up for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, you know, most people uh most of the time people will look look at a uh, at the person and try to deal with a person, try to deal with a person uh, uh instead of actually what they need to do is is deal with the spirit that's influencing the person. You know, they want to deal with a person. Well, that, that, man, that son of mine, he's coming in all hours of the night. He's drinking, he's clowning, he's in dope, he's everything. And try to deal with him. And a lot of times, friend, you ain't going to get no results. And people, I'm telling you, people are so dumb, they will continue on, continue on and on and on, trying to deal with that person and being a miserable failure for year after year after year after year and can't figure out something's wrong. You know, it don't take a smart fellow to figure out if it ain't working, it's not working. Amen? If it's not working, let's change it. If it's not working, God hadn't missed it. I've missed the prayer somewhere. I missed connections. Don't be so dumb that I'm just standing on the word, man. I'm just I'm standing on it. I got the word. No, let's don't be like that. If it, if it is not bringing results in a reasonable length of time, something's wrong. Praise God. Don't look at the person. Don't look at the person. The person is not the problem. Uh, Ephesians 6, 18 said, We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in this world and spiritual wickedness or wicked spirits in heavenly places. Our problem is not with people. And it's no use trying to bind people up. Well, I wouldn't try to bind them up, uh, 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 Brother Sullivan. I wouldn't do that. No, you try to bind that situation up involving the people. And it's the same thing. Well, I'm going to bind that up. I'm not going to have that around my house. I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to bind that situation. No, the situation's not the problem. The problem is not... It's not the water, blessed be God. You know, when Peter stepped out of that boat and he saw the wind boisterous, and you know, and the waves got, he, the, Jesus didn't come and rebuke rebu- the water. He spoke to the wind. He went to the root of the problem. Are you hearing me? See, he didn't just speak to the water. The, the wind was what was causing the thing. And a lot of times, we need to go directly to the root of the problem. Because it won't do any good to deal with that that person a lot of times. And I tell you what, when you go to dealing with people and you go to applying the Word of God and speaking the Word of God, a lot of times it will make people worse. It will make people worse by you trying to put the Word on them. You know a lot of people don't want to hear it? I personally did not want to hear anything about the Lord before I got saved. And I did not want anyone bringing it up in my face and writing me little notes and writing me little something. You know, people think, well, I'll leave a track under his uh, under his pillar and I'll leave this over here. And when he sets down over here, his eye will go immediately to that. And I'm on, you know, and that's kind of dumb. If God can't handle it, then don't think there's some little uh, chick tracks going to handle the job. Are you hearing me? Praise God. We've got authority from the very throne room of Almighty God. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth, hallelujah, I'll back it up in heaven. Hallelujah. That's word enough, isn't it? That's word enough. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Let's look at some of the keys to this prayer or better said would be some of the rules to this prayer. Some of the rules to this prayer. How does this, you know, what, what kind of rules do we have to go by? If we're going to use the prayer of binding and loosening, it is ours, it is available to us, but unless I go by the right rules and put it to use in the right situation, it won't do any good. Amen? Amen? All right, the first thing that you need to know about the prayer of binding and loosening is this. Know who your enemy is. Know who you're dealing with. Know that you're not wrestling against people but against spiritual wickedness. Know who your problem is. Know what the problem is. Know know exactly what it is. It's not people. And if you ever get it in your head... See... You think sometimes, well, that old person, you know, I'm telling you, you, you know, it's a shame the way they live. It's a shame the way they talk about people. It's a shame, you know. And, I, you know, it's a shame about it. And it is a shame. I'll say that. But the problem is not them. They're being influenced by the devil. Now, don't think that, that you'll just break the power over them and everything will be rosy. But I tell you what, if you break the power of Satan over them, God will open their eyes and they will see the truth. I guarantee it. I know know this one girl. uh, She was blinded in some areas. And I broke the power of Satan over her three times. And God showed her the truth. God showed this girl the truth three times. He showed her the truth. The last time he showed her, she rejected it. She rejected the truth. I saw her when she rejected. I saw exactly what happened. Now this girl's blinded to the truth on some things. Bad blind, real, just, just bad blind. But I'm telling you this: God's not. You can't bind people's wills. Do you understand that? You can't bind people's wills, and God will not violate their will. But he will. I tell you what, Satan will violate their will and he'll bind people up. But you've got a right to break that power and the glorious gospel will shine in and they can see the truth. They can see the truth. And God will give them that opportunity. And I tell you what, you know, you know, I don't know anyone in their right mind, in their right mind that has seen superna- the supernatural power of God that just run wild through the earth and just plunge off into hell. Willfully, do you know anyone that willfully do that? I was telling a boy about the Lord one time, he, he told me he said I want to go where the tough folks go. Huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I told him he No, I won't tell you what I told him. <laughs> I won't get in that but I'll tell you what, they don't come no tougher than Christians. I'm telling you it don't take they don't come no tougher than Christians. Praise God, because he's got the spirit of a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, one of the main keys is you've got to know your enemy. John 10.10 10 said, The thief come not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. You have to know your enemy. Know who he is. See, a lot of Christians, they want to bind something and lose something, and they don't even know who they're fighting against. They think, well, God allowed this. Well, maybe God, you know, permitted it for some unknown reason. You know, they don't even know their enemy. See? They don't know. They can't read. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If it steals, if it kills, if it destroys, then it's not God. You know, anybody ought to be able to figure that out. Amen? He said every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of light. And with him is no bearable, it's no shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift. How many of you know cancer is not good? How many of you know diabetes is not good? How many of you know tuberculosis is not good? How many of you know that arthritis is not good? How many of you know staying in the hospital is not good? How many of you know that that hospital still, it robs your finances? You can't, I don't care how much insurance you got, you can't pay no $200 a day room rent. You can't do it. You can't have enough insurance. I'm telling you, the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. We need to know our enemy. If you don't know your enemy, then you can't bind him. Are you hearing me? If you don't know he's your enemy, because I don't know anybody's going to try to bind God, you know. Do you? Do you? You know, Jesus, in the 13th chapter of Luke, He uh, went into synagogue. He was preaching there one day. And more than likely, he was preaching, you know, the Spirit of the Lord was upon me. And this woman who was bowed over, 18 years, she'd been bowed over. And, and, and oh, in and Luke 13, 16, he said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham, they brought in the covenant then, see. Ought, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loose from her infirmity. Ought not this woman who's been bound by Satan. See, you need to know who's binding. You need to know where sickness comes from. You need to know where poverty comes from. You need to know where fear comes from. How many of you ever walked in your home and fear got all over Huh? How many of you woke up, you know, at night and just fear gripped you? How many of you have been studying your bills and looking over your bills and fear gripped you? How am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to do this? How many of you ever looked at a child there with with uh, with a hot burning fever and fear try to come on you? Where did it come from? <coughs> praise the Lord, praise God. So you need to know your enemy. You cannot bind people, but you can loose them. You cannot bind people. I don't care if their tongue. You know. You know. <coughs> Paul over there. He brought out names of people that were coming out against him. Do you know that? He brought old boy out named Hymenus, another named Alexander. Said he turned them over to Satan. Not that we're going to bring out people, you know, names like that, we're not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying this. The people are not the problem. They, he knew where the problem was coming from. They was being influenced by Satan and Satan's doctrine. Praise the Lord. Alright, we know we can't bind people, but we can loose them. The second thing is this. It is up to you. It's not up to God to bind and loose people. It is up to you to bind or loose the situation. It is up to you. It is not up to God. I hear people praying continually, Dear Father, get the devil off of me. Oh Lord, get the devil off of me. Oh, I can't stand. I was in a full gospel church. Supposed to preach the whole gospel one night (coughs) one morning. And they was having, I guess, what they call confession meetings or something. I don't know, they was getting up and and and, uh telling different things and this the preacher's daughter, grown woman, married had children she got up and she said oh pray oh pray oh and she cried oh she was crying and you know and it was, it was sad i was looking for old fun. and she's just a crying she said the devil's been on my trail all week he's been cold trailing me all week he's been cold trailing." pray that god will get him off of my back oh pray she said that god will get him off my back said sometimes I can feel his old hot breath breathing down my neck he just owned me all the time well now you know if you prayed the prayer of binding and loosen there and asked God, to, God to, to get the devil off you'd pray amiss. God's done all he's going to do about getting the devil off of you <coughs> do you hear me he's not going to get the devil off of you he's already got him off of you in the person of Jesus Christ He's already been defeated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He's already been uh, dealt with. Praise God. It's up to you. You've got to understand that. You've got to know that, that this prayer of binding and loosening, it is a prayer that God turned over to the born-again church to use against against the evil one against the adversary and his, his wiles that he comes forth with turn with me back over there to Matthew 18 and, and the 18th verse again said for verily I say unto you whosoever shall whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven he didn't say now pray and ask God to bind or pray and ask God to loose Amen? He said, you, you pray. You, whatever you bind, whatever you lose. Mark 16 said, in my name you cast out devils. In my name you do it, you do it, you do it. You know, in James 4, 7, he said, you resist the devil and he'll flee. You do it. Don't pray and ask God to. Are you hearing me? See, that, that that's praying amiss all again. See, and just like this, this preacher's daughter that got up and said, now she, she wanted to pray and ask God to get the devil off, off her, and God already done it. Now she don't know why God didn't get the devil off of her. Satan just eating her alive. See, just getting on her all he wants to, and he can do anything he wants to, because she does not know her authority, See? She doesn't know it's up to her to get the devil off. You, in my name, you cast out devils. In my name, you resist the devil. In my name, you 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 bind or you lose. See? And without without understanding the rules on this night, see, she didn't understand the rules. Therefore, what happened? She just prayed amiss. She you know, it it'd been just as good if she'd got out in the yard out there and just went to barking at the moon or something. It had done just as much good, and it wasn't done near as much harm. Are you hearing me? See, you know, it wouldn't, you know, if you get out in the moon, ain't nobody gonna pay any attention to you. And go to barking at the moon, ain't nobody gonna pay any attention to you. But you get in church, you know, and it sounds religious, and you know, it sounds good. Oh, Lord, help us this. No, oh, Lord, and we, you know, and we do need help at times. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. It, it, you know, is young Christians there. And she's the preacher's daughter. She's supposed to know some things. Oh, now they they got an example to follow. What is it? If the devil gets on me and trouble gets on me, I pray and ask God to handle it. And He's already given me the authority to handle it. If I don't handle it, it, it then I pray to miss. All right, praise the Lord, praise God. 20th Century translates that verse. He said, "I tell you all that." I tell you, all that you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and all that you allow on earth shall be held in heaven to be allowed. So, whatever you allow on this earth, it's up to you. Amen. Praise God. I hear people complaining all the time, and they say, Well, I wonder why God allowed this to happen. You hear people that don't, that, that's unlearned in the scriptures. I don't understand how come God allowed that tornado. I don't understand how God allowed 007 to be shot down, and He's a merciful God. I don't understand. You know, I can't understand how come God allowed this sickness to come on this child. I don't understand how this came. I don't understand this. Uh, You know, why did God allow it? And really and truly, it isn't God that allowed anything. See, it's not God that allowed it. He said, "Whatever you'll allow, whatever you'll allow." I hear, I talk this one one lady a lot, uh, more than I more than I really want to talk to her, <laughs> but I do talk and I'm nice, you know. But I, what I'm saying is this: she's always talking about uh, how. Well, it's in God's hands. Well, it's in God's hands now. Well, what's up? Bring up something. Oh, well, that's in God's hands. Especially if she don't want to talk about it, she say that's in God's hands usually, you know. Yeah, it's in God's hands. And right off the bat, I'm telling you right on the front, I know without a shadow of doubt, it's not in God's hands. It's not in God's hands. It's not. It's not in God's hands. You know, just because, say, well, I'm on, I don't know what to do about it. i turn that over to you, God. No, that's not putting in God's hands. Are you listening to me? That's not putting it in God's hands. When you put it in God's hands, you know, He turned around and put it back in our hands. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth, whatsoever you lose, whatever you'll allow, shall be allowed. I hear people continually talking about, well, said uh, God permitted this for a purpose. You know, I don't know why this happened. God permitted it for a purpose. See, when really and truly they're the one permitted. Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you loose on earth, whatever you allow, whatever you permit, you permit. And you know, and people's always talking about what God allows, and the first thing they bring up is Job. They'll come over to Job every trip. I, and, and if they read the book of Job, they would never even understand it to start with because usually they've been brainwashed religiously instead of scripturally taught and they couldn't understand it anyway. How many of you know, if I asked every one of you in here if you ever read Job, I doubt if anyone in here has ever read it. Maybe one or two of you. That's right. That's right. I've read that book I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times I've read that book. And I tell you what, I don't understand a lot of things about Job myself. But I do understand this, that it was Job's fault that all those things come upon him. Third chapter of Job in the 25th verse. He said, what I greatly feared has come upon me. He got in fear. He got afraid his children were going to get in trouble. His children were going to do something wrong. He was sacrificing every, you know, just every time he looked around. He was sacrificing. And I'm going to tell you something else, people. If you've got fear about your children, your children's going to get in trouble. If you've got fear about your children getting sick, they're going to get sick. Well, I'm doing everything I can, Brother Sullivan. So, I'm doing all I can to keep him straight. Yeah, I'm telling you what you're doing. You're driving him further away. You're driving him further away with yourself and what you're trying to do. Why don't you break the power of Satan over the situation and turn it over to God and thank God every day that it's handled. Praise God. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God has to allow what you'll allow. The reason is, in the beginning, He made man. He gave man dominion over the whole earth. And man's dominion has not run out. His lease on this earth is still in effect. It's still in effect. He has not rebuked that lease. He's not kicked man out. He's still got the authority on this earth. Now, He lost the authority to Satan. He lost this authority. But I'm telling you right now, if you've been born again, you've got the authority over Satan because Jesus restored it to born again man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The new creation nation, this nation that we're in now, the one that's been born again, they're high above all all the principalities, power. They're under our feet and they have no more authority to put sickness, disease, poverty, or anything to that sort on us anymore. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, the third thing that you need to know is this. You need to know who is backing up the name of Jesus. You need to know who and what is back of the name of Jesus and your authority to use that name. Now, if you don't know those things right there, you're not going to be able to pray this prayer. You'll have to hunt you another prayer. You'll have to find you another one that will fit the situation. Or, or, or you'll have to get someone to help you pray or bind together in prayer some kind of way or, or intercede, different things. But this prayer, you have to know this. You have to know who is backing and what is back of this name of Jesus and you have to know your authority to use. You have to know this. See, the more you use the name of Jesus and the more you use it by faith and exercise that name of Jesus against Satan, the more you'll become sensitive to the Spirit of God and know when to use this prayer of binding and loosing. You'll be, you'll be sensitive to the Spirit of God and you'll know right when this, this prayer needs to be used. Praise God. It comes by using it and the, uh, the sensitivity does. Praise God. Uh, behind this name, Colossians 2.15 says that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, and made a show of them openly. In other words, He spoiled them. As in the Old Testament, when they would, they would defeat a king, they would, they would take the stalls and spread them out among the people, and they would spoil them, take everything they had. Well, that's what Jesus did to Satan. He done that to Satan. Well, that's behind this name. What do you mean? The victory that Jesus Christ had over Satan is behind this name. That victory's behind this. See, all the supernatural victory, every bit of the supernatural power of God that caused Jesus Christ to be victorious is behind that mighty name. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, the first words he spoke was all hail. All hail. All hail, he said. All hail. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. See, when he was on this earth, he didn't have all power. Someone said, well, I thought he was the son of God. Yes, he was. He, wasn't just, he was God. But I'm telling you something else. He laid his power aside and came to this earth as a man. And he said, all power now has been given unto me in heaven and earth. And he said, now go ye in my name. Praise God. Praise God. He said, all this power is given unto me. This power is backing that name up. Hallelujah. Turn with me over to Hebrews, the first chapter. Hebrews, the first chapter. Let's look at the fourth verse. He said, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance... Obtained a more excellent name than they, by inheritance. See, this name carries the very weight of God behind it because He inherited it from God. Well, when did He inherit it? Oh, when He is in heaven before He came to this earth. No, friend. He inherited this name after the resurrection. After he had defeated Satan, after he had set mankind totally free, that's when he obtained this name. He said, being made so much better than angels, as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. See, Jesus wasn't even the son of God when he uh, uh, he was totally separated from Almighty God there on the cross. But he said on this day, this day, and again he said, "I'll be to him a father." Again, again, he became his father again. When did this happen? After the resurrection, and when he when he was raised from the dead, he inherited something. What did he inherit? He inherited the name of God. See, this name Jesus carries more weight than it did when he was on this earth. You know, his disciples went out while he gave them power over all unclean spirits that, and that nothing by any means could hurt them. And they cast out devils in his name. They healed the sick in his name while he was on earth. Well, I'm telling you now. After the resurrection, after he defeated Satan, after he inherited this name, this name's got more power now than it had when he he was on the face of this earth. Can you see that? Well, say amen to that. Amen. Praise the Lord. By inheritance, he inherited it. You know, what, what, what if what if you woke up in the morning and your name was changed to Rockefeller? Well, where would you get that name? I just got adopted. I inherited Do you believe that would make any difference in your life? Do you believe that would make any supernatural difference in your life if you knew for sure that you had inherited the name of Jesus? Huh? He said the whole family in heaven and earth has the same name. See? Praise God. Turn over to Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians the second chapter the ninth verse it said wherefore God also hath highly exalted him when did he highly exalt him? after the resurrection a man tonight sits at the highest seat in the universe a man named Christ Jesus A man will always be at the right hand of God. The Son of Man. There's one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. He will always be a man at the right hand of God. Representing you. All right, the ninth verse there, Philippians 2 and 9, he said, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name. He given him... given him a name which is above every name. Now, Alfred's translation said he bestowed upon him this name. This name was bestowed upon him. This name, Jesus, was bestowed upon him after the resurrection, after he defeated God's enemy, after he defeated man's enemy. This name was bestowed upon him. Jesus, praise God. Jesus, every knee shall bow to that name. Read on There, He said that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven. Do You know, cancer's a thing. Blessed be God. Do you know the devil's a thing? Praise God in heaven, and things in the earth, and things under the earth, and at the and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. He's talking about right here after the resurrection. This name was given him. This is that mighty name. This is what's behind this. All of God's power is behind this. Every bit of the supernatural power that it took to raise Christ from the dead is behind this name. Everything that God has is behind this name. All heaven is behind this name. See, you gotta know that to use this power. I mean, you won't, you can't just say, well, look here. You know, devil, I'm gonna bind you. Look like I'm going to bind you a little bit. And then I'm going to loose you a little later on. No, you don't talk real nice to the devil. He ain't nice. He's not nice. I say he's not nice. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to rob you of your children, rob you of your blessings. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to put fear on you and condemnation and keep you out of the blessings of God. That's who your enemy is. No, I don't talk too nice to him. I don't sit around just saying, How are you doing, Mr. Devil? You know, kind of like Smith Wigglesworth one time said he walked up, he's waiting on a jitney, I think, or something, you know, called him jitney, waiting on, that meant a nickel, uh, a cab, what he's waiting on. And I think it cost a nickel or jitney is what it was. And he said he's waiting on one of them or a bus or something, I forget exactly. Anyway, he said this lady come down uh, uh, these steps and she had a little dog with her. And then they stood around there and said, she's making small talk. And she told that dog, said, now get on Puppy, get on to the house You know. And said that dog just kind of rubbed on her leg, you know, this rubbed around, you know, and this, you know, this and she said, Now go on, go on, now go on, go on to the house. And he just kinda rubbed her, you know, and he said, Looked up, and there come the bus and said, Get to the house. He said, Look, lady, that's just what you gotta do with the devil right there. That's why you gotta talk to him. You know, we've been sitting around saying, Now, Mr. Devil, won't you go on? Go on and don't hurt me today because I'm a, you know, I'm under the blood. Are you hearing me? You can't talk nice to the devil. You've got to get bold with this thing. This prayer isn't for no young Christian in the Lord that don't know who he is. This prayer is for one that's old enough in the Lord that he knows who he is and his authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. This name was bestowed upon Jesus. Why? Because he became King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. That's this mighty name that's backing this up. And you've got authority to use it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Your authority in Mark 16, he said, Now go ye into all the world. Go ye. Go ye. He said, you go, you go into all the world. You cast out devils. You speak with new tongues. You take up, serpents. any deadly thing. You drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. And you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. But he said, you go. When he made that statement, now listen to me. When he made that statement at that very point in time, that point in history, he gave man the power of attorney to use his name. You've got the power of attorney to use his name. Do you know what that means? I was, I was in a car lot one time, and this fella, if you'll stand and will not back up and won't give up, he cannot do it. If you use that mighty name of Jesus, that same defeat that Jesus put on him is back to that name. That same supernatural power that caused Jesus to be raised from the prison house of suffering to the high seat in the universe is behind that name. Behind that mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, when you use this name, you're going to have to get bold with the devil. You're going to have to get bold with the devil. You're going to have to get bold with it. You can't just, you know, it's kind of like Wigglesworth told that woman when she's talking about, get on to the house, little doggy dog, you know, get on. You know. Boy, well, when she said, Get on to the house, you just come right out of his spirit. That's what you gotta do to the devil. You gotta talk to the devil like that. You gotta be bold with this. You know, one thing that learning who you are in Christ will do, it'll give you a holy boldness. It'll give you authority about you that you're not afraid of the devil. I'm telling you, you won't be a bit afraid of it. None. I tell you what, you ought to Satan every morning when you get up you say what is that up again who is up again oh Lord oh brother such and such is up again he's up again I'll tell you what he's made havoc out of our kingdom in that area are you listening to me praise God well that's one of these prayers that's one of them that's not the only prayer that you can use but this prayer of binding and loosening is very important. And you must understand it. If you'll e- if you ever intend to be a mature Christian and a Christian with the full armor of God on. You've got to learn these prayers. You've got to learn them. You've got to know them. You know, you're no stronger than your prayer time. You're no stronger than you are in prayer. You know a lot of people in this area don't come to church over here, but when trouble comes up, they know where to call. Have you found that out? Have you found out they're going to call you? You know, well, we don't believe in that talking in tongues and healing until one of them gets saved. Till Aunt Janie come down with cancer. See, so you need to know these things. You need to know them because God still wants those people healed. And he wants them loved. And that's the only way we'll ever get them turned on to the full gospel anyway, is by you helping them. I never, I never, I, you know I never won a friend by fighting. Them. Never did. You ever want a friend by fighting them? Huh? One thing I learned when I first got into this, find somewhere to hook on with people. Find somewhere to hook on with them. Stand on your feet.